APM American Public Media. This is the American Radio Works podcast. I'm Stephen Smith. A growing number of adjunct faculty at colleges and universities across the U.S. are voting to unionize. Adjuncts are teachers appointed to full or part-time positions, often on a year-to-year or temporary basis. They are generally not eligible for tenure and often do not enjoy the same level of employment benefits as permanent faculty. The drive to unionize adjuncts is being aided by some influential labor organizations that see frustrated, underpaid, isolated instructors as potential dues-paying members. Data from the Department of Education show a tremendous move towards using these so-called contingent teachers in all types of post-secondary institutions over the last 40 years. In 1969, part-time professors were just 18.5% of the instructional workforce. In 2011, non-tenure track teachers were more than 75% if you include graduate students. The biggest push to organize them is coming from the Service Employees International Union, SEIU, which is targeting schools in 10 areas across the country. The drive has been successful in Washington, D.C., where faculty have voted for the union at Howard University, George Washington University, American University, and Georgetown University. The campaign has also come to the Twin Cities of Minneapolis-St. Paul, where adjuncts at Hamlin University recently voted to join the union. A unionization campaign was recently called off at McAllister College, where I am an adjunct instructor in the English department. But as a working journalist, I did not take a position one way or the other on the union question. Our guest on the podcast this week teaches creative writing at Hamlin University. She is Swathi Avasti, and she has become a strong advocate for unionization. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Why did you decide to join this campaign for a union? I decided to join it primarily in thinking about my own children. I am the daughter of two immigrants. They came over here with just $8 in their pockets and their three children. And they came here and finished their medical training in the U.S. They uh, worked really hard. They saved really well. And they put all three of us through college. So I've really believed in education. Education is what brought my dad out of poverty and really brought him the opportunities that I was able to take advantage of. I wanted to do the same thing for my kids. That's the idea of the American dream. But that hasn't happened for so many of us who are teaching. Why not? What's, what's your situation, for example? Since I believe in education, I went and I got a master's in creative writing. And I um, published a couple of books, which I'm very happy about, uh, all of which help when you're considering becoming a tenure-track professor, which, like many professors who are adjunct, I've applied for. In the meantime you're told you should probably work and get teaching experience. So that is what I started doing. I started adjuncting. I adjuncted at three colleges in one term and found that I wasn't doing the kind of job I wanted to do. I also found that I was so stretched thin that writing was really difficult for me. So I stopped adjuncting at three places and started adjuncting at one. And that did help quite a bit, but it also meant a substantial decrease in pay because suddenly I went from three classes to one class. And I have no benefits no matter where I'm teaching. So that then affects my children and the ability for me to save for those incredibly high tuitions that we're looking at today. You know, given the working conditions that you describe, some people would wonder why you would take an adjunct position at all. Why does anybody take these positions which uh, critics like you say are underpaid, underbenefited, and I, I assume uh, you would argue essentially are exploitative. Yeah, I think that at this time they are. I don't think that's the way it always has to be. 
I think the reason that we take the positions is that many of us believe that part of what we can do is become tenure track, that this is a road to tenure track. And the idea that there were, there used to be a lot of tenure track positions available. So this used to be a very good way to become a tenure track professor. What we found is that that's not true anymore. You get on the adjunct track, and then it's hard to get off. I kind of see myself now as feeling more like a permanent adjunct than a tenure track professor. What changed? Why did what used to be a doorway to a tenure track position, why did it suddenly become, from your perspective, a cement wall? The decline in positions has really changed the face of education for professors. And why did that happen? You know, I don't really know. I feel like that's an administrative choice that I haven't understood. Um, It is something I'm really curious about. The reason we go to college is for education. That's our, the college's raison d'etre. But I'm not seeing the universities investing in the teaching faculty the way that they used to. And I think this is resulting in lower pay for teachers. And sometimes it results in a worse education for our students. Hamlin issued a statement during the organizing campaign saying it pays adjuncts $4,000 per course that they teach which it says is competitive both locally and nationally. The university also said that it prefers to deal with staff directly and that a third party such as a union would only charge dues and bog down the talks. What was your response to that? I think I understand where the administration is coming from and where that impression comes from, because I think that has been true occasionally, historically. But I don't think that's what we're looking at here. We thrive on critical thinking. That's what we do in universities. And I think when we look at this campaign and we look at it critically, what we will find is that there aren't professors who are going to vote for a contract that would mean less money in their pockets. So if the dues, which aren't that high, were so high that it was going to compromise how much money we had, no one would vote for that contract. Um, So I think that's a limited point of view. So what are you hoping that the union will be able to do for you? I assume that collective bargaining hasn't started yet. That's right. We haven't started. Um, I hope we'll sit down in the fall. I think that one of the things it'll do is provide more job security. And I think that could be a real help for adjuncts. One of the hardest parts of being an adjunct is not knowing whether you're going to have a class, when you will have a class, how many classes you'll have. Those things change very rapidly and often very close to the semester. Getting a class 48 hours before you have to teach it is setting the professor up to fail. So that's one issue. What about tenure? Are you going to ask for uh, more tenure track positions? I don't know what we're asking for yet. We are talking amongst ourselves at this point. We are um, creating a union still. We're creating a group of professors. And I really think the idea that there's a third party is something that is more um, linguistically based than realistically based. How do you mean? I mean that so far, every time I've been working with professors, we are united as the union. It's not for us. It doesn't feel for me like SEIU has forced anything on us or that they would. Everything that we do is originating through us and our desires. SEIU is helping us and facilitating But I don't see them as a third party who's interfering with anything. The faculty at a college or university, depending on the institution, can have enormous authority over what actually happens, you know, know, in the educational system on a campus. How supportive or invested was the the tenure track faculty at Hamlin University 
in this unionization drive for the contingent or adjunct faculty? I think they were really supportive. I found nothing but support personally. And it doesn't surprise me terribly. All of us want our students to start thinking about what it means to be ethical in this world. All of us want students who are critically engaged. And when we look at this problem critically, and we look at it from a fact-based perspective, we need to make some reformations to education. We need tuition to be representative of what people can afford. And we really aren't interested in creating any kind of tuition hikes. We hope that that won't be the result. You don't think that what you're doing ultimately is going to have to come out of the pockets of students? I don't. Um, My hope is that administration will look at reallocating resources. I am, I think like many people, confused as to where all the money is going. While tuition continues to increase rapidly, far exceeding the cost of living, adjuncts have not gotten raises that are even close to comparable. In Hamlin, for instance, since 2006, the tuition has gone up 50%, but there have been no raises. There have been no cost of living adjustments. So we actually get less per hour than we used to. Is that true for the tenure track faculty as well? Have they also not received raises? They were frozen for a little while when we were in the recession. I believe they have started to get raises again, but I'm not sure. But what I don't know is whether the administrative salaries have also been frozen. College professors are virtually alone among the professions in enjoying the kind of job security that comes with tenure. Is that much of the the issue here is tenure versus non-tenure? I feel like the majority of the issue is about how we deliver education to our students. So I'm not sure it's as much about tenure versus non-tenure as it is about valuing education and valuing the teaching talent that we're providing through any university to our students. We're really interested in providing the best education for our students possible. So you would rather see, say, for example, health benefits than tenure? I don't know what most of my colleagues would say. Personally, I would. Do you think that an adjunct's position, an adjunct professor's position, you described how courses can be added or canceled at the last minute, do you feel like the job is more tenuous than just jobs out in the American, the general economy? I do, and I think that's where a lot of the conflict comes from, at least for me. It's been difficult to prepare for classes when I get them with such little notice. And I know that that affects how well I can deliver the information to my students. And I'm very, I think most of us are very interested in providing the best possible classes we can. We can't do that the way that they're being handed to us. Do you think the unionization drive uh, nationwide among adjunct professors is developing any kind of significant momentum that it didn't have before? And if so, why do you think that is? I do think it is, and I'm very excited about that. I think that nationally, things have been getting worse for many people. And we've come to the point where reforming education is a necessity. I think what we're looking for the most is stabilizing faculty in positions in whatever form that takes. I should say that's what I'm looking for the most, is stabilizing some kind of... um, full-time position, because I think the way that it affects our students the most is that if we're not on campus for them, they don't get the kinds of connections that I had with my professors. And I think that's a real detriment to education. 
Swathi Avasti is an adjunct professor at Hamlin University in St. Paul, Minnesota, and the author of two novels for young adults. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. It was a pleasure. We called Hamlin University for a response. It said it is disappointed with the decision to unionize and concerned about union interference. Quote, we believe this may create inequities and barriers among our larger community of adjunct professors and could impede our efforts to build collaborative processes and stronger relationships. You can find more podcasts about the changing landscape for professors and other issues in higher education and K-12 education at our website, AmericanRadioWorks.org. While you're there, browse the archive of more than 100 documentary projects and let us know what you think of our coverage, AmericanRadioWorks.org. You can like us on Facebook at American.RadioWorks, and we're on Twitter at AMRadioWorks. Support for American Radio Works comes from the Spencer Foundation, Lumina Foundation, and the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM, American Public Media.